Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Austin Meek with Waco Business News, and you're listening to Downtown Depot, where we track the ins and outs of Waco business. My guest today is Rocco Bolts, owner of Rock My Style. He talks about his peripatetic barber business that's taken him from North Waco to Bell Mead and now in the heart of bustling East Waco. Rocco also shares how he's created a safe space to foster mentorship he never had growing up in the community. But first, it's the Business Review with C.J. Jackson. Interns, worth the investment. I'm C.J. Jackson, and this is the Business Review. Providing interns with more than just operational tasks could prove a wise investment for your company, according to Rev1 Ventures CEO Tom Walker. Being strategic in the interview and onboarding process makes a huge difference in the quality of the experience for the company and the intern. Today's interns, you know, they're Gen Zers. They're projected to be 40% of the workforce in the near future. So now's the right time to be tapping into the future of your company, really. You have to be very thoughtful around how you connect with them in everything from your interviewing strategies to what you offer them to work on. We encourage you to think about the job for them in both the strategic and the operational sense. Think of strategic items within your business that they can work on as well as the operational. That way you're really providing a rewarding experience and you'd be surprised that you may actually during that time frame, be interviewing you know, your future employee uh, that wants to work for you when they graduate. Those in Generation Z are hardworking and probably already had several side gigs, Walker says. Their experience is likely more than the years on their resume and their birthday. So they show up ready, able to contribute to leading edge strategies in a very meaningful way. Walker's advice for interns looking for opportunities? Don't be afraid to share your dreams and what you'd like to learn. Most employers, we all have a gap to fill, but we want it to be meaningful for both parties at the same time. The Business Review is a production of Livingston and McKay and the Handcammer School of Business at Baylor University. The Business Review can also be heard every Thursday during Morning Edition and All Things Considered on KWBU. I'm now joined in studio by Rocco Bolts, owner of Rock My Style. Welcome to Downtown Depot, Rocco. Oh, thanks for having me. 
You are a small business owner, community member here in Waco. Tell me a little bit about your neighborhood, your community, and how you've gotten involved. Okay, uh, so my barbershop is in East Waco. Uh, also grew up in a church at Pleasant Island Missionary Baptist Church, which is located in East Waco. My aunt, uh, Miss Ida, owns a daycare in East Waco, so I just found myself always in that area. And I know that East Waco has a negative shadow, but now it is starting to revamp, and I wanted to be a part of that process. And so now Rock My Style is located in East Waco, and I'm just trying to bring as much positivity to the community as I possibly can. So what was it like for you growing up in East Waco? Well, actually, I grew up in North Waco. Uh, But to me, when you have family all over Waco, you feel like you know all parts of Waco. Waco is just one big city to me. Like So it's like growing up is like, being with my cousins, hanging outside. Like I said, my church was in East Waco, so we would have to come to choir practice on Wednesdays and just see everybody from different sides because, you know, when you're talking about church, they don't necessarily be in that actual neighborhood or that school district. But uh, it was a good experience. I can't say that I had, like, just a bad experience growing up. Uh, No parts of Waco, to be completely honest. I also spent a lot of my time growing up in Clean, Texas as well, though, because I left for a minute and then came back. You could have started your barbershop anywhere. Why East Waco? Well, I actually did start my barbershop in South Waco. I started out uh, on Memorial Street by the VA hospital, and I was there for eight years. I then moved to Bellmead, where I cut hair there for two years, and then a building came for sale in the East Waco area. And as I was just saying, like I know that that was an area they were getting ready to revamp and do good things, and I wanted to be a part of that. And so when I seen that building in East Waco, I decided to take that opportunity. Growing up in North Waco and going to church in East Waco, who were some of your role models? I wonder if there are people in the community that you looked up to and you're like, hey, that person's a business owner. I don't really know what they do. I'm five years old, but I can tell that guy has it. I can say that I don't think I had one. That's something. That's a story I told. Uh, It's a funny thing that you asked me that. My mom, I had posted on Facebook one day. I'm trying to be the mentor I never had. And my mom took that so wrong. She took it so wrong. She took it as I'm a bad mom. So like that. I was like, no, like I was saying like what you were just saying, like for a male figure, uh, for a businessman uh, trying to do what I'm trying to do, I honestly didn't see anyone that I could say like this is who I want to be, you know? And I was even in my uh, adult life, I still struggled to find. I feel like I found someone now, but in my in my adult life, I feel like I struggled with finding someone. So that's why I say I wanted to be that person that I never had. I've heard that from a lot of black guests who are like millennial, Gen X, and a lot of them attribute it to Paul Quinn leaving the community. Mm. And that took a lot of the like, cool college kids who would have stayed around and been the teachers for the kids who were coming up in fourth or fifth grade. And that all sort of just disappeared. And there was a major disinvestment of black culture and black life, specifically in that East Waco neighborhood. Correct. Because it was a ghost town, like, a couple of years ago. Like, you know, you didn't see Elm Street what it wasn't. It wasn't what it is today. Like, you didn't see businesses open. Only time I remember being on Elm Street is on the 4th of July Everybody would gather down on Elm, but it was a lot of abandoned buildings at that time. 
there's so much movement happening on Elm Avenue and is your shop exactly on Elm? No, it's so it's right exactly? off. I'm on Hillsboro Drive. So if you go all the way down Elm to Elm don't exist anymore, the next turn off is Hillsboro and that's where I'm located. Okay, so you're down there kind of by Jasper's Yes. Work. Yes. All right. Correct. So I mean as someone who's been working in the area and I'm sure impacted a lot by the construction that's been happening. <laughs> how do you balance that as a business owner where you're grateful for the growth that's going to be coming, but yeah. right now it's really clogging and it's, it's making it difficult for people to access you? You just have to be patient. You have to see into the future. You have to know that better days are coming. And so even when, you know, I decided to purchase the building that I purchased, like I said, at the time, it wasn't the best looking building you know the area wasn't the best looking but i was aware of what was to come and so a lot of times when you do something you just have to be patient and just just wait it out uh my customers find me wherever i am like i said i was in south waco i went to bell me now i'm here like if you give good business they're going to find a way to get to you so is it typical that a barber would jump from salon to salon and the people who like your style they follow you and then eventually you get enough money or you have backers and then you can have your own salon is that kind of how it works well so business wise i've always owned it my own business i never worked in another barbershop so rock my style is the is my barbershop and that's the shop that i've always had uh i didn't own the actual buildings prior to the building that I have now. And so what happened was I wanted to expand because I was in a very small spot when I was on Memorial and I wanted to expand to something bigger. And that's how I ended up in Bell Mead and Eastgate Plaza. After that, I realized that, you know, everyone was telling me about ownership and actually owning the building that I was in. So that's when I got interested in that. And that's what made me move. But wherever I went, my customers that I had, they always followed. Why? Uh, that's a good question. I'll be asking them the same thing. <laughs> I cut a lot of the uh, athletes at Baylor. Uh, that's where I started. I started out working in uh, Brooks Dining Hall when I was in high school. And just a little after high school, I was still working there. I left and went to barber school and came back. And at the time, the athletes would come to Brooks to eat. And they knew I cut hair and even then, I wasn't ready to start cutting hair, but they was just like on me, like, cut our hair, cut our hair. And, you know, even now I run from haircuts, but they chase me down. So <laughs> I'll, sometimes I think it has little to do with the actual haircut and more to do with the relationship that I try, try to build with the people that I come in contact with. I pride myself on the relationship that I build with people versus like just the business that I get or the talent that I give. I would like to plug you and you still come back because you love me that much, you know? <laughs> so not that I'm out here plugging anyone, but I just, I just feel like building relationship is what's most important when building a business. In black culture, the barbershop has such an important role. This mm. is really like the meeting grounds for a lot of people just come in, hang out, even if you're not getting your hair cut. How do you build and define the culture of Rock My Style? It's funny you say that about the barbershop. I have a good friend, Tony Shelton, who just wrote a poem that was, the barbershop is the black church where people come. And so it's funny that you say that. Uh, for me, back to what I was saying about just the relationships, like I think that's who I am. I think people who is my passion and that I love to connect with people. And so I build the culture off of just 
making someone feel seen, you know, making them feel important. And if they're having a downtime, you know, trying to do all I can to, you know, lift their spirits up. And a lot of times, you know, people that know me know that I sing in my customer's ear and I cannot sing at all. And, you know, they just allow me to do it. But uh, it just depends on the day, to to be honest. Sometimes we watch movies. Sometimes I put on rap music. Sometimes I put on R&B. Majority of times I put on R&B. You might catch me listen to gospel, and, it, and they just know that's who I am. And I try to, like, cater to everyone and every culture. And so I just try to create an environment that everyone can feel welcome. You're hearing from Rocco Boltz. He's the owner of Rock My Style. You are in just talking about making a place that's safe and a spot where, you know, on any day you could come in and you're giving a diverse offering, right? Like today's gospel, you know, tomorrow's <laughs> rap. Anybody could come in yeah. and feel very at home. I I heard that you're putting on this event called the Safe Space Banquet next weekend. I'd like to know a little bit about what that is and how is that involved with what you're doing over at Rock My Style? Okay. So on the I like to bring people together. And so, you know, my barbershop has a lot of uh, space in it. And we hosted a vision board party one day. I want to say it was last year. We we hosted a vision board party. And the idea was just for people to come together, make a vision board. And that happened. And later on that day, someone who attended that event posted on Facebook, like, I really enjoyed myself at Rocco's Barbershop. We had good conversation, and it just felt like a safe space. And I agree with her. Like, you know, people were being vulnerable, and the conversations was just flowing. And I was like, I want to do this again next week. <laughs> so I have a good friend, Tony Shelton, the one that wrote the poem. And she facilitates our safe space because prior to us organizing this event, Tony is someone who would come into the shop and just talk. Like, she would get people to talk. She would get my customers to talk. She would ask them who they are, where they from, uh, where they work, you know, everything. And, like, it will be always ended up being a good conversation. So I was like, let's just bring to people together, and we're going to call it Safe Space Sunday. And so every Sunday from 2 to 4, she she facilitates a conversation. She comes up with a topic. Now, we hardly stay on topic, but she comes up with a topic. And it's just been a year since we've been doing that, and I wanted to find a way to, one, shine light on it, and, two, celebrate the fact that we have been consistent for a full year. So what will be happening at the banquet? So at the banquet, there will be a panel. So we wanted to do it like safe space normally is. So normally we just come into the barbershop. She picks a topic and we all just like go at it and jump in. And so what's an example? Imagine we're in your shop on a Sunday. What are the things that get talked about? We just had safe space Sunday. And the topic was you just a hater. And so it was a quote. She's starting to do quotes. So you're just a hater. And everyone said, when you hear you're just a hater, what do you think? What is a hater? And they were like, a hater is somebody that don't like you for this or they don't like you for that. And why do people hate on you? Have you ever felt like you were a hater before? That was one of the topics. Uh, Another topic we had was uh, would you prefer to be wealthy or would you prefer to have a lot of clout, like to know a lot of people? And you'll be amazed at the different answers that you would get from each individual. We, me and Tony laugh a lot because a lot of people think like this is a support group or this is just like a little healing place that you come, but it's truly just conversation as if I was to post a status on Facebook and everyone was to comment on it. And I I love it because you just, to, you get to hear 
people's different opinions on different topics and you start to think different ways because you're like, oh, I never looked at it that way. I thought that paper, a person was a hater, but they actually was just trying to give me good criticism. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, we go back and forth on that. Uh, but we, we've had a ton of topics, but that was uh, more of our most recent ones. We know how important it is for people to have a third space. That's why coffee shops are so valuable and vital to the way we live as Americans. But you've got your home life. You've got your work life. And most people need a third place. And while Rock My Style is your work life, for a lot of people, that's their third place. They want to go and they want to hang out. I wonder if something like these safe space conversations that Tony and you host, I wonder if they function sort of as church for some people where maybe they're uncomfortable going to church or, you know, whatever the reasons are, but you still have this craving for being in a safe environment where you can be vulnerable with people and you can learn. And unless there's someone orchestrating that, it's really hard to just create that out of nothing. Right. And that we've heard that a lot. So many people say this is therapy for me. This is where I come and get filled and, you know, and I tell her, I said, we got to be careful for, with that because although I enjoy, that's like I said, that's what the culture is about, lifting people up. And then, you know, I I never wanted to get to a point to where we have this great responsibility of just people coming to us for healing. Uh, I do feel like decompressing is important. And I feel like that's just done in a barbershop. But when you're starting to organize something, you know, and make it seem like, you know, that's what it's all about when it's really just us just having a space just to talk. What are some of the lessons that you've learned starting your own business that you would give as advice to young people who hear you and want to be like you? Because I'm sure there's a ton of kids in East Waco now, bro, who <laughs> you didn't have those people growing Correct. up. You're like, hey, I want to be like that. Kids definitely see Rocco and they're like, hey, you know, you're rolling up in your in your Challenger. <laughs> uh, you know, you've always got a nice cut. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that you would be really symbolic for a lot of young kids these days. Thank you. Uh, I would let them know just to be nice to people. That goes a very long way, just being nice. I feel like it's so simple. I feel like it's the answer to so many things, building a relationship, being nice to people, uh, leading with love. Like You just have to think positive. And I feel like so many times people have this negative cloud that it's over their heads and it's like, it's hard for you. It's like, I read this book called The Mountain Is You. Like you are that mountain that's holding you in a way because of your thoughts of the next person or the thoughts of what you can't do or things like that. So I would just say just to be positive, to treat people kind, treat yourself kind, you know, talk to yourself nice, uh, talk to others nice. That would be the the main advice I give to people because that's, that's, like they say they ain't what you know is who you know. Like, and once you get to start knowing people and treating them well and they say that you're a good person, they'll be willing to help you get to wherever you're trying to get to in life. What's an example of leading with love that you just mentioned? Leading with love. So an example of leading with love is smiling before you even talk. Think about how your body language is. Uh, I am a Christian, so I think well, the term of what would Jesus do? And uh, that's that's leading with love. Like, you know, he loves us. So, like, what does a person who loves us do? You know, 
Like how how do you want to be treated? How was it? What is it like when you feel love and you should give that back in return? What are your business aspirations outside of the barber chair? I want to be an event planner. I want to just host a lot of banquets, a lot of fashion shows, a lot of concerts. I want to bring people together under the Rock My Style name and just see people have a good time, see people love on each other. Another thing I like to say now is Rock My Style is a place that creates spaces and opportunities for young professionals in Waco. Like, There was a controversy post, uh, controversial post on my Facebook because someone was saying, like, Waco is not a good place to live. And, you know, that really triggered me because I think it's a great place to live. And I think we just have to adopt that mindset that we can do it. You know, a lot of people think that it can't be done, but it can. And I want to be the person to show people like this can be done just right here in Waco. There's great people here. There's great business owners. It's people that's willing to help you get to where you want to be. You just have to go out and find those people. Have you found any resources that have been helpful for you to grow as a business owner? Uh, yes. Uh, Dexter Hall is someone who I go to for resource. Uh, Anthony Betters is someone who I go to for resources. Uh uh, Pastor Eshawn Williams, uh, my my wife, <laughs> shoot, my wife is very smart and she knows a lot, and I go to her for resources and her thoughts, and it's it's just you just have to find those people because they're out there and they and they're and they're willing to help. Do you think it's easier to be a business owner in Waco today than it was ten years ago? Considering that I've been open for ten years. <laughs> I would say, I would say it was, I would say it was easier for me ten years ago. Now I wouldn't say that business wise for everyone, but again, I would tell you that I opened my business ten years ago. I was fresh out of high school, so that made me the same age as the college students. So I feel like I had a better better connection with them back then than I do now. So now it's like fighting for that connection and like making an effort to be age appropriate, but still trying to get people and hang out with people and things of that just to build that type of relationship that I wanted to build. So to be completely honest, I find it more challenging in these days than I did in those days, but only for that reason, because I'm sure the city has grown for other businesses to be able to flourish better now than back then. So it's challenging now because you're older and you're not exactly the same age as the clientele? Correct, correct. Like back then I would be like cutting their hair and we all be getting ready to go to a party. And now, you know, they come to me for the party. And I was like, man, we used to back in the day when we I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm that guy now. <laughs> Hello, young students. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my challenging part. But uh, the Noops hosted a Super Bowl party at the shop and it was full of students. So, like to see like I still have that and they even brought that up it's like Rocco you always talking about you don't have a connection with us and look at all these people in here and I was like yeah but I don't know them all <laughs> as a black business owner in East Waco this Elm Avenue corridor in particular is what's been getting torn up and I know you're a little bit away from that but from what I can tell the Elm Avenue district was a really important piece of African-American life and business and then it kind of went downhill in the 90s and 2000s, and it's starting to come back, but there's a lot of people who look like me who own the land over there. 
how do you, as someone who, you know, is a big part of that community, view growth with making sure that we're doing everything we can to be inclusive and, and grow well and grow smart? I think, you know, everyone deserves an opportunity. And I think what needs to be done and what I can see has been being done is also getting out to let the people of color know, like, these opportunities are available. These resources are here. And not only just letting them know, but showing them how to get to the resources. Because a, a person like me, you know, they would say, like, hey, Rocco, this grant is available. And I say, okay. And then they're like, this is the website. And I would go to the website and I would get frantic. Like, I don't know what none of this means. This looks so hard. And I would turn away from it until I found, found those people who would say, like, no, let me show you how to do this because I want you to have this as well. And so I feel like if there's more people out there that get get those resources and get someone to show them, and that's why I was so happy to see they, they had the We All Win grant and they hosted like classes to show people like how to apply for this grant. And I feel like as long as they keep doing things like that and, and the people of color take advantage of those opportunities, they too could be building and, you know, being a part of the process. You had mentioned that you had your shop in Bell Mead and then heard about an opportunity to own your own place here in East Waco. How did you learn about being able to own your own business? And was that a complicated process? Like, do you have to go through a bank and get a loan and when stuff? When you say own the own business, are you talking about the business or are you talking about the property? I mean the property itself. Okay. Excuse me. Great. All right. So it's going to sound crazy, but it might not. So Nipsey Hustle died. And for some reason, when Nipsey, helped, Nipsey died, everyone shined light on what he was doing in his community. And what he talked about most was ownership. So I feel like in our culture, that's when, like, ownership kind of, like, was like, oh, you renting? You should be owning, you know? And so the thoughts, you know, started going through my head. Like, oh, I'm paying this much for rent. I was paying crazy amount of rent. And I was, like, I was driving, actually. I was driving home from church and I seen the building and I didn't think that it was actually capable, but you know, I was just going through the motions. So I was like, okay, there's a sign on it. Let me call the sign and reach out to a realtor. And the bank told me that I needed to put $20,000 down on this building. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I ain't never seen $20,000 in my life. So like, you know, it, it shot it. Like it shot me down. Like, okay, all right. Well, it was worth the try. But as I was driving home, I was thinking, like, $20,000. Like, how could I get $20,000? And then my brain just started to work. So I've been, since I started my shop, been selling T-shirts that says, who's next on it? It says, rock my style. And, you know, people just buy them just sporadically. And I was like, I'll have to sell, like, you know, a 1,000 shirts to get $20,000. Like, well, you know, I have quite a few followers on Instagram. You know, so let's give it a try. So I legit went and took a picture of the building that was for sale. I posted it on Facebook and Instagram. And I said, I have a project that I want to do, but I need to sell a thousand shirts for $20. Who got me? That night, my cash app was like, ding, 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 wow. like out of nowhere. And so then it was like, oh my goodness, like I really have to do this now because. You know, what if I sell all these shirts and I don't get the building? You know, they're going to think like, you know, so I was like extremely determined then to like continue to like get those shirts sold. And people seeing that I was getting closer and closer and closer and we got the building. 
So it definitely was the community. It was my supporters that, that helped me get into that building. That's such a cool modern thing. And it feels a little bit weird to be asking for help so publicly, but it's become so normal, whether it's for, hey, I want to buy this business or, hey, you know, I just got cancer and I need help. Correct. It seems like everyone who's in a community and if somebody follows you on social media, they're part of your community. Everyone wants to do something to assist their community members. And not everyone, like, dude, I love you. I'm bald. I can't go through and get a cut. I wish that I could. Right. But I can go buy a T-shirt. And Correct. even just with a like or a share of your post, that's one way that the community support. can support you. Correct. And it goes back to what I was saying about being nice. Because if you met, if I met you and I was extremely nice to you, you seen that post, you was like, oh, he's a nice guy. You know, he deserves it, you know, and that's what I said. It's like being nice can go a very long way. So, Rocco, as we get out of here, what's the last thing that you want Wake Owens to know about you and your business and what you're trying to do for the community? Okay, like I said, it's Rock My Style where we create spaces and opportunities for young professionals in Waco. So, if you have an idea, if you need to, you know, host something at the space, uh, I'll be more than happy to talk to you about that. Also, we have the Food Box Waco that's open every Sunday from 12 to 4. I co-own that with my friends. Uh, It's just a great time for – it happens during the same time as Safe Space. So you can come, you can talk, have a stuffed pineapple, wings, tacos, loaded fries. Uh, I just want to, like, bring people together and just, like, network and socialize and just, you know, grow together here in Waco. Thanks for coming on Downtown Depot. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks again to Rocco Bolts of Rock My Style and you for tuning into episode 144 of Downtown Depot here on Waco Public Radio. You can find me on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Waco Business News, and join me on the first Friday of March for another conversation with an inspiring small business owner, civic leader, or engaged citizen sparking Waco's revitalization. I'm Austin Meek, and you've been listening to Downtown Depot where we track the ins and outs of Waco Business. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.